Number yeah. two is commitment, client obsession. Because what truly built our what built our company and what continues to scale it is we spoil our clients. We serve our clients. We're not running from our clients. They reach out. We take it seriously. We are true servants of our clients. When you get that level of service, you tell everybody you care about. And guess who business owners know? Business owners. People focus on getting new clients. Like, no, bro, your clients are marketing. Take care of them. You're listening to the Coach Up Podcast, where coaches come to learn how to build their coaching businesses to six figures and beyond. I'm Kanisha Hart, your host. Here on the podcast, I get the privilege of interviewing coaches who've already made six and seven figures in their coaching business and are willing to pull back the veil and share with you the strategies, the habits, the techniques, and the tools they use to build to that level so you can do the same. Whether you are a new coach just starting out, or you've been in the business for a while, but you aren't seeing the growth and the revenue you desire, the Coach Up Podcast will give you insight on what you can do next and what you can do now to accelerate or revive growth in your business. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Coach Up Podcast. Let's go ahead and get into it. If you are just tuning in to this episode with Albert Hurston, CPA from Right Choice Accounting Solutions, you want to make sure that you go back and listen to the first part of this conversation, which dropped on Tuesday. It's just the episode right before this one. And that leads into where we're about to pick up in the conversation. Albert and I had such a good conversation that I didn't want you to miss any of it. And so it actually ended up being a two-part series for the podcast. And so that is what you are picking up on right now. You're stepping into part two of that conversation. So coaches, you're going to hear how Albert has built the business to the successful over six figures, multiple six-figure business that he has built in under five years, three of those years being full-time. And so he's going to drop nuggets about how he does that. And I know that's part of what you want to hear. So you can do the same in building your business to six figures. But you do not want to miss the first part of the conversation with Albert, where we talk about the expenses, the number one expense coaching that he has a different opinion about when it comes to strategizing with his business owners about where your dollars are spent, as well as the financial aspect of running a successful business. So be sure to tune in to the first part of this episode, which dropped earlier this week and stay tuned for the second part. Let's get into it. Okay. So we'll start to head to wrap up because this has been good, but as you just talked about, (laughs) as you just talked about, you all have been around for years, even though most people would still consider you a, a new business right? I mean, three years full, five years total. I think I got those numbers right. So really you're actually just crossing the threshold with most, like, was it 98% of businesses fail? So kudos to you guys. Um, But my question is, how did you build this? Because three years is not a long time, but five years is not a long time to be in business, to be at multiple six figures, right? Um, Because there are lots of businesses who've been in business and they're at four figures. Mm -hmm. Right. And so how did you guys build this when you started? How did people even know that you existed? So it was, I mean, a, a number of the things that we've kind of discussed so far. So it was 
commitment to doing what the data says. So we've always done in numbers we trust. <laughs> I know you get you get you get that you get it. Yeah. But we try to eliminate, of course we can't, we're human beings. We try to eliminate what we think and feel about things in absence of what the data is telling us because we are biased. We're biased, we're biased, we're biased, and our brain only draws connections. So it is going to convince you that whatever you believe is all there is. What happens is the data tells you what's really happening. So that was the key thing for right choice early on. And then I think, but the most important, and data is probably the, the cornerstone of what has helped us. We only do stuff that makes sense. Now we do test new things, but we quickly see how it's going and we make decisions based on what the data is telling us. Okay, before you go further, mm -hmm. it's all the time, but I need somebody to break down. So I need you to break down. When you say the data was telling you stuff, what did you do to get the data? Because you, you got to have, you got to do some stuff to get data to then analyze it. So what did you do? So we researched how, matter of fact, I'll walk you through my, my thought process. So we research, so we come up with ideas. You know, I told you we get in this room, we brainstorm, like, what do y'all think about this? Like, we recently started to, before this, I only offer our, what's called our outsourced accounting department, concierge level. So we were leaving all small businesses down there to like fight for the fight, fight for their lives. In their own. You know, with, the, with them other service providers who not like we were just like when they if they get here, they can then work with right choice and we can do it right. Mm -hmm. So one day my lead accountant, she was just like, Well, why don't we just come up with a lower touch service that's least less expensive so we can help more people? She said it that way because I'm all about helping. <laughs> I'm all about helping the people, right? She's a saleswoman. Yeah, yeah, but you know. Similar to you, you talk to six and seven figure coaches. So that is a clear barrier that helps you to get through a lot of that noise. So my perspective was, no, if a, if a company can't get to here, they don't even need to be worried about this yet. Really, they need to be worried about increasing sales, which that was just because I didn't want to work with people who are, you know, not cream of the crop. You know, I can tell you are cream of the crop. That's why you like to get around cream of the crop because when we talk with each other, we grow. Like you and I are growing. We're learning. We're so you mm -hmm. know, people who aren't like that, it's draining. So Albert, to get to my bias, Albert didn't want to be drained. <laughs> but you know, the data was saying that's Albert's bias. That is that has nothing to do with right choice because. If Albert don't want to talk to those clients, guess what Albert can do? Albert can pay somebody to talk to those clients. So for right choice, the data was saying, hey, we're leaving thousands of dollars on the table just by not working with people who are figuring it out more. So. Okay. But where did you get that data? How did you know that? So this, oh, I was going through the brainstorm. So it started with the brainstorm. And then we just started like throwing out, hey, would it be beneficial if you had this sort of offer? Just seeing like, are people interested in this? Mm -hmm. So it's testing. Okay. So you, you, it's what scientific method you actually, you throw it out there just to test. And once you test 90 days, four months, maybe you start to compile. Okay. How is this working? So right now we got, we have OED concierge. We have OED light. We've been enrolling people in light back to back, like calendars filling up. A lot of people, they don't mind quarterly service. They don't mind lower touch because they want what right choice has. So, okay, so Jamila is looking good for her saying people are interested. But the test is, is this going to be good for right choice? Because now at a quarterly package, as you can imagine, it takes about three clients to accomplish what we accomplish with one client. Mm -hmm. So scale-wise, we we're testing it. 
Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. they have until about end of October. And we don't decide if it's something we want to continue doing. And we've always done it that way. So again, that's step one. Like just to your point, gathering data. So mm-hmm. doing testing things, trying things, not spending too much money on it, but just throwing stuff out there, trying to getting information, getting feedback, looking at it, because the data is the numbers. And you know, if you can get back to a measurement, you can always, you know, look at that measurement and see which way it's going. If it can't be measured, it can't be managed. If it can't be measured, it should be, oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. not mine. I, got I, was, I was coming with another worse quote than that one. <laughs> but that's better. If it can't be measured, it can't be managed. Mm-mm. So no. we, that's a cornerstone and right choice. We test things. We manage things. We, we test coaching. We've tested hiring people to do things for us versus hiring people to teach us to do things. We master it and then hire the person we long, like and train them. So for us, like I enjoy getting with the consultant and expert having them break it down to Lauren and I, and maybe like whoever's the head of the thing, we get that information, we create the SOP, and then we go hire a person we like that we want to train. Because something that I've learned about being in business, like you want to, oh, no, it's not something I learned. It is good to great. Good to great. Getting the right people. Getting the right people on the bus. That's the most important thing. You want the right team, and then you figure out the seats once you get them here. So that's something that I learned by data and then I read it in the book and I was like, and there you go. Duh. Okay. Okay. So commitment to data. That, that makes sense. I'm yeah. still gonna do a little bit, I'm gonna do a little bit more weed digging though. So yeah. I like the data testing of you have people signing up for the light service versus the concierge service. Shout out to Jamila for her good idea. Right. Um, but even when you were offering that to people. Did you, was your testing to find potential clients for the light? Was that testing done with your current clientele or was it done through survey, through your email list, or was it a whole new ad campaign or were you going to events and talking about it? What was that testing? So it was practically, it's completely separate from what we're doing now. So nothing with our current clients, nothing that affects that. It was completely like throwing it out through our different marketing channels. So we do we have social media, we have ads, we have all that stuff. But the test, I guess I should start with the goal. The actual thing that we're testing is if we want to do it or not. Because we prioritize, oh, matter of fact, we were talking about time versus money earlier. You know, of those two, there's only one of them that there is an endless amount of. So at right, yeah, at right choice, <laughs> we look and we're blessed to be able to do this, but we take care of our people. We're mm-hmm. not going to bring in something that's going to be too much of a headache, too much of a, we hire people that love to do what they do. So doing their job ain't a headache, but you know how people can ruin it for you. So yeah. it's almost like a test of, all right, we're going we gonna to try it. Do we want to keep doing it? Now, we're the type of company, we'll always do it for those, company, those companies as long as they have us. But once we get it in here, okay, do we want to keep doing this? Do we want to keep growing this? No. All right. So do you want to keep dealing with this? No. All right. So how can we hire somebody else to deal with this specific, you know, if right. that's how we move based on the data, like, okay, so do we have, let's see, in a budget, can we carve out space to hire somebody to manage this? Can we outsource this to a different company to manage most of this? Like, how do we mitigate this based on the data that we've gathered? Because now we know, all right, people will buy it, so we can sell it, but we don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So how do we manage this? Then we go back to our brainstorm. <laughs> And we throw out all our dumb ideas, 
like you know, like right now, outsourcing to the Philippines is like a <laughs> it's the low hanging fruit for everything. Yeah. But you know, we don't like to do that, of course. But I mean, if it's a bunch of clients who are like causing problems for the team, which you know it's not going to be, but you know, just how we look at things. Yeah, you have an operational overview which comes through, which makes it very understandable why you can offer the operational accounting piece to your clients. So my last question before we start to wrap up, I think I might've said that it's already, but this is, this is for real, is you and your wife are partners. You're mm -hmm. the CPA. She is your, I think the operations person. Yeah, she's, my, she's my COO. She's the COO. So how did you guys come to be working together? Because that's not normal. You know, that is a Definitely. It's a long story. Do you mind if I go back to the previous question for one second? Because you were asking me like my list of how we were successful and I just, I beat a dead horse on number one. So number one is commitment to data. Number yeah. two is commitment client obsession. Because what truly built our, what built our company and what continues to scale it is we spoil our clients. We serve our clients. We're not running from our clients. They reach out. We take it seriously. We are true servants of our clients. When you get that level of service, you tell everybody you care about. And guess who business owners know? Business owners. So that's what makes Right Choice grow like so fast. It grows because like every client that meets us and we close, they know two or three people. And they're excited to be like, man, I finally found the one. You're like, y'all gonna be on there laughing and, and man, and it's him and his wife and they, man, and sometimes they kids, like they kids, like it's, you know, and that does something for a specific type of person. That's for us. Like, yeah, man, they real like married people, but it's, it ain't just like shady is because uh, um, one of my clients sent us a video of him, like he was on a Zoom, like him and one of his business homeboys, they do like schedule Zoom. And he sent us the video of him telling his homeboy about us. He's like, yeah, man, and sometimes his daughter, she'll just come in and hug him after school. And man, he paused the whole meeting because he like, he'll pause the whole financial meeting to acknowledge his daughter. And like, he was just going on and on about all the things he respected about me. And then almost secondarily, he was like, bro, and I've never got financials like this, like the way they talk about it. Because, you know, like nowadays we do have more choices, you know, right choices, but we do have more choices and it's a buy-in into us. You know, I'm here, Kanisha, because of you. I'm only here, <laughs> you could you, you check me out first. <laughs> that is so, true. If I was just a competent accountant, I could very well not have been somebody you felt worthy of being in front of your, oh, you know what I mean. So not to be the dead horse. So number one, commitment to data. Number two, client obsession. Like our clients are going to be happy within reason, of course. <laughs> Clear expectations are important. Mm -hmm. And number three is really just like doing what makes sense. So it's, we don't, we don't buy into the marketing and we always look at the source of why is, why is this person saying this to me? So I'll use myself. Okay. Um, let's say you said something to me and I was like, all you really need in your business is a CFO. This, like, there is a reason I'm telling you that because I sell CFO services. So if I say, well, the very first thing you need in your business is mindset coaching. And right. if you want, if you want to see how I changed your mindset, click the link in my bio. Like there's right. an ulterior motive for that. That's not unbiased information. Mm. When I talk about what's important in business, you saw the conversation we had. Mindset is key for me. Mindset is key for you. What about the business? Mm -hmm. so business needs experts, doers, admin, 
CEO needs mindset work, knowledge. So where it's all important, but if you want to build a business, you know, like houses need paint, houses need ceiling fans, houses need light bulbs. But if you want to build a house, you better have a concrete guy that comes and put the slab down and you better have these, you know, like there are foundational pieces that just come before it. Yeah. But if somebody was like, what's the most important part of your house? Most of, most of the women I know is like the bathroom or the kitchen. Like, <laughs> no, it's, it's that concrete slab. <laughs> it's the thing keeping you, you know what I mean? So yes. you know, that's kind of how I look at, I just look at it that way. Doing what you need to do. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I like that. Okay. So, sorry to restructure, but back to Lauren and I, I know we got to wrap. Yeah. So Lauren and I have been to, we met in college, right? So Lauren and I have literally done everything together since 2009. Yeah, we have a funny story. So we met in 2008. Okay. It's almost like the very first thing we did together was have a son. Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Could have, could have, I could have went a different way. <laughs> but you didn't. Okay. It, it worked out. It worked out. So we met fall 2008. We had our son fall 2009. We committed to not being college dropouts, to not like running off on each other, to doing it together more as partnership, friendship. Cause that's why we hit it off. So we hit it off so fast with like, you, I mean, you met people like that before. It was just like, oh man, this person gets me. And it's the whole, like we staying up all night and talking and staying on the phone and sleeping on the, it's the whole, it's the whole movie like thing. Like we were just like locked in from jump. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> Valentine's Day, son born October 29th. So blah, blah, blah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so we took that. So we were together in college and we had a, a infant and Lauren's family was, we were in Birmingham, Alabama, UAB. My family is from Lynette, Alabama. Her family was in Ohio. Her mom's in Ohio. Dad's in Florida. We had ourselves and I had a cousin who also went to UAB. Okay. So it was Lauren and I, this child and some bills. <laughs> and so when she was in class, I was at work, son at daycare. She gets out of class. She gets son. I go to class. Cousin takes son. She goes to work. It was, it just, but we didn't realize that we were just strengthening how we, it's almost like we support each other. Just like, I don't have a word. It's like, we just, it's like a, there's a, <laughs> there's a synergy. That yeah. Lauren Braylon and I are like a unit. Like, and you know, we have three children now, mm -hmm. but like my 13 year old, now 13 year old, Lauren and I, it's like, we are, like, we're a unit. It's like the three of us raised the other two children. It's like, Braylon's so mature. And we, I think it all came from that out of more of a necessity. Mm -hmm. But we never really had to, like, go through it because we had each other's back so much. So as we were moving through our careers and that sort of thing, you know, in careers, there's always this, like, man, I think this could be good for me. Do you think I can do it? Like, will we be cool? Like, Lauren and I have 100% confidence that, like nothing can destroy us as long as we stick together. Yeah. We're, we're partners. We are partners. And when we're right choice to skip ahead, you know, there are several. Oh, let me give you the fun list. So we had the son. We bought the had the son. Oh, nine bought the house in 2011. Finally graduated college 2012. Married 2013. So almost completely backwards. And, <laughs> and then, you know, by 2013, now it was in a weird order there. But all the boxes are checked. So we look like the quote unquote, you know, stereotypical family. Stereotypical yeah. family. And, and you know, now we are, that's what we are now. 
Yeah. Just, and throughout our careers, we just, we kept rocking like that. So first we didn't have money and blah, blah, blah. So we were like practically taking care of each other. But then when we start getting money, we just kept taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. And then it came a point to where I couldn't hire people who care enough to, you? I mean, you know what it takes to really like build a business, yeah. the level of buy-in. Like, I ain't got to go find that. I know where that is. <laughs> yes, definitely so bought was, in. Yeah. So when it was time for us to quote unquote take the leap, I was like, man, like we're going to either have to dial things back at right choice or we're going to have to take the leap because as you know, the money didn't make sense when we when it was time to take the leap. The money never makes sense. <laughs> When it's time to take the leap, like if you take the take the leap, some things have to go right for it to work. So Lauren was like, well, I mean, people love the way that you do this and you wanted the best, blah, blah, blah. Every company you work for, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, if you believe it, you quit your job first and you like blah, blah, blah. And I'll just, that girl quit that job. Quit it's it. called faith and belief in be- y'all as a unit and you as her husband. I love that. And she believes in me like that. How could I fail? Right. Like, I mean, I ain't. I'm not, I don't know who your audience is, but like, it ain't nothing like having a right black woman who like believes in you like that. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you talk about race and stuff with your audience and I won't push it there, but right. like, you know how black people protect, love, blah, 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 the things that they care about. It ain't nothing like it. Yeah. And to have one who cares about me, she's gone now. So she's not here. She went to go get the baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But to have one who cares about me like that, who really believed in what I can do more than I did. Like, how in the world am I going to fail? Because we're going to do whatever it takes to not fail. So, and the I love why, that. The reason why we can be around each other is because we opposite. I'm here. She's always even keel. Like, okay. Yeah, I get excited. I start talking loud and fast and blah, blah, blah. And she's always like, you heard with the with the intro thing. When we, <laughs> she's like, all right, like, come on. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we just, we like found our person, man. We found it young, 19 and, you know, 21. Yeah. That is, beautiful um, thank you for sharing that because it's it really is a beautiful thing it's not something you hear a ton about right unfortunately we hear more negative always than we do positive just in the world sure. period and we know that it takes seven or eight positive reinforcements to overcome one negative thing and so negativity is unfortunately just the more accessible and prevalent norm so there are marriages like y'all out there. There are partnerships. We just don't hear about them. So I'm so glad that you shared what you all have um, because it's encouraging and it's celebratory for you guys and it's celebratory for those who have it. And it gives hope to people that they can also have it, right? Just Thank having you. that person. So that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. For sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm. I appreciate that. We are Great. hiding, but we like we don't talk about it on social media. We don't like, we're Lauren and I are one of the few happy ones that you'll see. Yeah. Most people like, protecting that with our it's like let's not have these other people in our business so but yeah, yeah. there are there there are the real like i think lauren and i like not, not outside of business wise i think of us and our family like a success story mm-hmm. a separate success story from you know what we're able to build and do professionally so like yeah. we, we double winners kind of absolutely that is a good point for me to ask you my last couple of questions now this is not the wrap-up questions these are my Quick fire before you go, round of questions. And yes. just going to ask you two or three, um, but they're going to be very short, very simple, and you'll know the answers off the top of your head. So nothing you had to prepare for. Are yeah. you ready? I am so ready. Was good. I dare I say born right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Albert. So first and foremost, what is the one tool 
or app you would not do business without right now? ClickUp. What is ClickUp? ClickUp is, we use it as our project management software. You know, for me, the low hanging fruit would be QuickBooks. So my mind quickly say, all right, don't say QuickBooks because that's specific. ClickUp is a project management software. It is how we manage all of our workflows. It's how we know exactly who's supposed to be doing what at what time. Yes. All right. ClickUp. Easy like enough. Monday, you know, Monday.com. Hmm? ClickUp is a, a competitor of Monday.com. Got it. Okay. You mentioned QuickBooks, but I'm curious, especially from a, your CPA, but I just still want to call you so much more than that, but we'll go with your, your title. My clients always say that, like, stop calling yourself a, I should send you the review, like, stop calling yourself an accountant or a CPA, like, you're not, you're, you're not that. Correct. You need to figure out a different name that's bigger. Yeah. Work Thank on that. Okay. I go with numbers whisperer right now, but I don't think that that quite gets it. it it's cool, but. Look, it's catchy, but yeah, but no, <laughs> keep working. You got it, though. You got it. Thank you. Hey, okay. you, you are welcome to join a brainstorm. Where, where are you located? In Atlanta. Hey, we are right here in Snellville. So if you want to come join these brainstorms, that's what's up. Okay, just a little yeah. 45 minutes down the road. Okay, yeah, yeah, come on. Thank you. <laughs> I might take you up on that. Okay, so from the financial world that you're in, what do you use to accept client payments? We are currently using, so it's an automation right now. So within our um, our client portal, there is an automation with Stripe. So we just use practically Stripe, but it's through our client portal. Gotcha. I'm going to share this because I, I don't know why it always recently comes to mind when I ask this question of coaches, but I had one coach who said, yeah, my bank account, just here's my, here's my information, send it directly there. <laughs> I was like, now okay. that's the kind of confidence, that's the kind of confidence <laughs> But no, so I'll tell you, let me tell you why really quickly. I'll tell you why we use Stripe. Mm -hmm. The reason I love Stripe and PayPal, mm -hmm. we 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 invoice tax clients through QuickBooks directly as well. So we, of course, we're a financial company, so we use a couple. Primarily, we use Stripe because what I love about Stripe is Stripe, they are data people. So they, they pretty much analyze what's going on on your account, and they offer you stuff. Like, I love to partner. I love to do business with businesses that if you see we're making $50,000 a month, you see the cash flow, you say, like, hey, they can pay us back. Here's an offer. I love proactive database stuff like that. Okay. Like, you know, QuickBooks has something, but not like that. PayPal has something, but not like that. But with Stripe, Stripe, see, they see you have a lot of money coming in. They're going to offer you something. And I just, I appreciate it. We don't really need it. It's good to know, like, at least they are looking at what's going on with us and being like, hey, like, if you, if you need, you know, like, like any a neighbor like hey man like i don't know your situation but if you need something like yeah come through okay that's I good i simplify business stuff into like day to day as you can tell yeah <laughs> which is great because then people can understand it and relate which is part of why somebody sends you a zoom video of themselves telling somebody else about how you got that's yeah. part of that's part of your charm you and your wife so it's a good thing and, and yeah. i'm salt nowadays so you know I think, you know, I like young, when I was young, I used to try to be like so tough and hard. Like I'm so soft, you know, now stuff like that. I'd be like, oh man, you know, that's what we do. Like the voice, the uh, bass is all out of my voice. Like, man, thank, thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. You know, it's, like, I got these kids, man. Kids start getting older and you just start getting soft. And like, he hit me with that. And I was like, man, I ain't even asking to do that. 
first. And you have a daughter. You have one or two daughters. I got two daughters. So you know the boy. It was, it was when I had you. Well, you you know how it goes. Like the boy made me start seeing like, oh my God, it's important. Like he's watching my every step. Like I gotta be on my P's and Q's. Yes. Girls, like, man, like it's like they saw like young Albert would call 36-year-old Albert like. Like, bro, when you become such a punk? Like, okay, I knew that word was coming. <laughs> that was in my head. You a punk, like, man? What like, you, bro, you you soft, bro. Like, what happened? Like, what happened to you? <laughs> what? It was. Like, the first thing, be like, bro, you got fat. You tripping? <laughs> then it'll be like, bro, and when you get so soft? <laughs> and then you like, would tell him, you don't know anything about wisdom. You got some years to live. That's yeah, all. Exactly, exactly. Be a great, be a great conversation between us. <laughs> my goodness, Mosby. Oh, okay. All right, last two. Albert, what do you attribute the most weight to in scaling your business to six figures? Um, data-driven decisions. Well, let's say a tie, a tie. Okay. Data-driven decisions, taking care of the clients that you currently have. Okay. I really like that. On, yeah, people focus on getting new clients. Like, no, bro, your clients are marketing. Take care of them. Take care that's of a, them. Make it fit. That's a bar. Your yeah. clients are marketing. Ah. I love it. Okay. Send them a hoodie. Send them a like. Send them a hoodie. Send them. A, they'll wear the hoodie, bro. They will market your brand. Hmm. Send them. Take care of them. Like the stuff. It's like mutually benefit. We talk so much about reciprocity. I'm not gonna make everyone of these questions five minutes because I know I know it's supposed to be like bam, bam, bam. One question you already know this, but like reciprocity, like things that if you are serving, if you you know, like I feel I can tell, like I feel good about doing stuff for people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. bro, do stuff for people. Because, you know, like, all these billionaires giving away half of their money to, like, it feels good to serve and help people, like, yeah. help people. Send them stuff. Yeah. They'll tell other people that you send them stuff. And mm-hmm. if they've been around long enough, they're going to compare that to all the other people that they work with that didn't send them that. <laughs> it's such a good point. <laughs> so it's not, and, and it ain't just self-serving because you're doing it because you want to do it. Yeah. But that, it's a tax write-off. Yeah. You feel good about doing it. They market your like. Where is the loss? They right. feel good because they got something. You just got a text right off. You just got some not free marketing, but you just spent fifty dollars on a hoodie for some marketing. Now you got a billboard walking around like, like this makes that, sense. Again, won't be the dead horse, but you get what I'm saying. Like, spoil, it, spoil the people that pay you money. Spoil the people that pay you money. I like that. It makes me think about when you talk about giving. Um, giving is like a seed. Uh, I know in the world of faith, as a Christian, we talk about tithing and and giving, and we always talk about what God gives us as a seed, and then you got to till it, and you got to nourish it, and for it to grow, but the point of the seed is it will produce more. Yes. The return is going to be 10, 30, 60, 100 fold, um, yes. and so exactly what you're talking about, give to your clients spoil your clients the return even though that may not be the reason you're doing it you're just doing it i appreciate you i thank you i want to spoil you but this you're planting the seed every time and it will it will return so much and to your point and like to just believe in faith and reciprocity and all that like you're just being a good person and it's multiplying like you're it's not an ulterior motive to send my client the hoodie they asked for because they thought it was dope they like the idea that they show up and they got an accountant who's competent, but will show up in the hoodie. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not in a suit and tie all the time. Like, man, like, send me a hoodie. Yeah. 
yeah, we, oh yeah, I'm a CEO. I don't have to wear this if I don't want to. I, I can wear a hoodie. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's so much. And I love the, I love the fruit analogies. Mm-hmm. One watermelon has, if you can find one with seeds, has. <laughs> you get, you get where I'm going. Like one watermelon has hundred seeds in it. Sonia, what can that produce? I love it. Okay, last question. What one book? We've already talked about good to great. Can't use that one. What one book or podcast? Would you recommend as an absolute must to consume for for coaches? Period. It can be coaches. It can be business. It can be life. It can be whatever. That's okay. Don't, don't make. So I've been cool this whole time. Don't make my nerd come out. Um, let me see. Let the nerd come out. Nerd, come out with us. So in my mind, it's hard to be good to great. Okay. But I'm such a data guy, and that's such a data-based book. It compares companies that worked against companies that didn't work and breaks down why. So I love good to great. My biggest takeaway is about, and we see it, like there are companies where you look at their stuff, they're having a blast at work. They're hiring people that they like. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of getting the right people on the bus and then figure out what seat they should go in. Like that was a, a bar for me because what can't you be trained on? I feel like I could teach you how to do anything I wanted to teach you how to do, but it's the you that's valuable to the company. So that's big for me. Um, uh, we can leave it at that. I love Rich Dad Poor Dad too. Okay. I reread Rich Dad Poor Dad. Like, do you? I haven't done it in the last couple of years, but you know I read you know I read that book ten years ago, but it's still on. This is my my about to read again or going to read soon. I got President Obama's book. I got Psycho Cybernetics that. Kind of tell it's a well. You ain't asked me to go through my book collection, right? Right. When the video when the video comes out, click click behind me and zoom in. That's a picture of Lauren and I, and that's my book recommendations, right? <laughs> when you'll get that when the video comes out. I got gotcha. you. But this has been super informative. We have clarified a lot of things, which I'm very appreciative for everyone who's listening and for me. Like I said, that marketing aha moment. Yeah, that's gonna be a game changer for me. So. Yeah. Tell people how they can connect with you. I know how, because that's how I found you. But tell people how they can connect with you, reach out, learn more about what you do, work with you guys. Definitely. So I'll start with the website because it kind of gives you a really good rundown of what it is we do and what the value is. So that is rightchoiceaccountingsolutions.com. If you do not want to type it all out, just type rightchoicefirm.com and it will redirect you to where it needs to be. We heard enough feedback about that being too long to change it. So <laughs> rightchoiceaccountingsolutions.com or rightchoicefirm.com, same website, just shorter title. Um, If you would like to consume some of my content before like working with us, if you are interested in working with us, you can find my, probably my best content is going to be on LinkedIn right now. We will, depending on when you listen to this, we will be building a YouTube channel, which is Albert the CPA. I am Albert the CPA on Instagram. I am Albert the CPA on TikTok. I do not log into TikTok. So if you want to engage with me, <laughs> you're going to want to be on LinkedIn or Instagram. And I think I may even have a Twitter page that I don't log into. So, you know, whatever. But LinkedIn, Instagram, if you actually want to talk to me, I love, as you can tell, believe it or not, me and Kanisha don't know. We haven't known each other for years. Not <laughs> good people and good conversation. Yeah, yeah. So if you do want to engage, I would say LinkedIn or Instagram for sure. And again, that's Albert C. Hurston Jr., CPA on LinkedIn, Albert the CPA on Instagram. And if I'm not mistaken, Right Choice Accounting Solutions has a LinkedIn page 
also. Y'all know I'm a CPA. I mean, a CEO. I don't know what they do that much. <laughs> Means that you are a good CEO because you let your <laughs> good people do what they're good at. And now, you know, Lauren could come and break it down like her. Yeah, but it's all good. People can yeah. find you. Thank yeah. you again for this time. It has truly been enlightening. I am so excited that we met. Me too. This is the best conversation I've had in a long time. So thank you. Thank you for just found me. Like, thank you. Not even a coach. It was meant to be. It was. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Coach Up Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with someone else, with another fellow entrepreneur, a friend who you know needs to hear this message. Also, if you've enjoyed listening to the Coach Up Podcast, be sure to subscribe so that you get notification every time a new episode comes out. And if you would be so kind as to make sure that you go follow me at The Connection Collaborator on Instagram or LinkedIn at LinkedIn forward slash Kanisha Hart, then I would be delighted to connect with you, hear from you and hear your feedback on how the Coach Up Podcast is helping you in your business. Again, as always, thanks for being a part of the Coach Up Podcast. We will see you on the next episode.